Guys, I'm looking at a, I wanted to bring up a player to you guys. And so I just pulled up his game log. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised at, at this dating back to December 22nd. So that's 14 games. Taylor Hall only has three, three points in his last four games, three assists. Now I, I, I wanted to bring him up because I, I, I knew he had been struggling a little bit in the last handful of games. So, but then when I expanded it, 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 it dates back to the 22nd of December uh, against, like I said, versus Winnipeg. Um, now, the two games before that, he had uh, four points combined. But regardless, so his last 14 games, he has three assists. And I wanted to bring him up because he, he also, there he's he's been noticeably acceptive of his role this year, whatever it's been, in his two-way game. You notice a lot on back checks tonight. I noticed a lot of foolish turnovers trying to go through people's skates, um, bad habits, really. Now, it's not an elongated sample of bad habits, but I noticed it tonight, and a couple has cost the Bruins. But I want to get you guys' opinion on what might be – do you think he's lacking confidence? Do you think it's time to maybe put him up with Bergeron and Martian instead of Smith to get him going? Because three points in 14 games, uh, it's a bit of a – that's a bit of a slump. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about him today as well. And, and noticing him kind of shoot the Bruins in the foot on one of the power plays as well uh, in, in the turnovers. And it just popped in my mind. Like you can just tell such a difference because those games coincide with when he's moved off the, the wing with, with Krejci, right? Like it, he, his skill set isn't as well complemented with Coyle and Frederick. It just, he just, isn't at his best when he's playing with them. I'm not saying he's necessarily bad, but he kind of disappears um, with that line being Coyle and Frederick being two more physical guys, puck protection guys, not the skilled um, playmaker, you know, individual effort kind of guys. Um, a little bit more of a grinder line than what Hall was getting when he played with Krejci. Um, which complemented his skill set much better. So you see the you see the correlation in the way he plays uh, when he plays next to different centers in the past. Uh, last season, Coyle and him, the chemistry wasn't necessarily there. It looked okay for a little bit of this season this year, but um, I think there's a big. I mean, it, it looked really good for a little bit this season. Like, yeah, it they, did. They were. I mean, when for the first couple of weeks that Hall, Coyle, and Frederick were together, they weren't just the Bruins best line. They were one of the best lines in the NHL. Like they, they were putting up crazy five on five numbers. So, and I thought they beyond just like scoring or, you know, looking into goals, like I thought they were playing really well and they looked like they were complimenting each other. Um, Doesn't it feel like that's kind of fallen off though? Yes. But I guess what I say is like, I, I don't feel like that line is playing poorly. Definitely no. the offense has dried up a, a little bit. Um, and Hall's been, been part of that. But then like you also have a game against Toronto where they get used as the matchup line against Matthews and shut down the Matthews line. So it's like, well, okay. How upset can I really get with them? Like if, if they're being asked to do that and they do it successfully, okay. Then mission accomplished. Like, that's that's a good third line. If you have a third line that sometimes can be a scoring line, sometimes can be a matchup line, like that's a good good place to be in. But it also feels like you're then limiting what Taylor Hall can bring because there is still 
a really good offensive player in there. And if you're asking him to take on more defensive shifts, like, I think, yeah, I think he's in a headspace where he, you know, he's okay with that. Like he just wants to win. He wants to help the team win. But when he, when he gets in stretches where he's producing and putting up points, you're like, Oh yeah, he can still do that. So it does feel like he's getting buried a little bit. And um, Brian, to your point, like whether it would, you know, I don't know how comfortable Hall would be playing on the right wing. I think he's done it extremely rarely in his career. So, you know, I don't know if that's really an option to put him with Bergeron and March and I'd be willing to try it. Uh, or if you put him with Krejci and Pasternak and Zaka goes to Bergeron and March or like whatever, like put with DeBrusque out, it felt like an opportunity to get Hall some more top six minutes in some capacity. And, um, you know, I know Montgomery really values that balance of what the lineup can look like with Hull on the third line. And there's, there's value in that, but at the same time, like he is a guy that you're, you're going to want to start getting on the score sheet more. And um, the other thing too, is that throughout Hall's struggles, the last Baker's dozen of games or 14 games, uh, Coyle and Frederick seem to be still doing their thing. And they just, it, it hasn't mattered if it's been Hall or Felines or Zaka. Uh, they, Coyle and Frederick, they've, I, they've solidified themselves as a tandem. And I think that, it, I don't think their game will change that much depending on who that third guy is. Could this, I really don't. And I think the Anders game is a perfect example of that. Like Craig Smith, had an awesome shift against the Anders. And I thought Craig Smith has had a strong couple of games here, by the way. Um, but he he was a dog uh, in a good way, uh, um, leading up to that Bruins fourth goal against the Islanders. And I just feel like to that last point you raised, Scott, like, yeah, like, let Craig Smith go with Coyle and Frederick and see if they can carve something up. Because like I said, Coyle and Frederick play well together. And I think that, the I think there's a better uh, ceiling and there's more, optimal value by trying to get Hall going than trying to get Smith going. And I just think that because Coyle and Smith play a meat and potatoes, I'm sorry, Coyle and Frederick play a meat and potatoes style of play together. That's great for Craig Smith. And yeah, put maybe put Zaka with, with Bergeron and Marchand um, and try to try to see if Hall can get going. Cause I just think it's, it's very, very important to get, to have this guy going. It's one thing to have him in your third line for depth, but in name only, but you want, you want him to be producing. Right? So I don't know. Obviously it's easy to sit there and look at the numbers and say he's struggling. I guess I was curious if there's something in his game that you guys saw was just lacking uh, as to, as to why he might be struggling. I I think part of it's being snake bitten. He's had some great eight chances. I'm sure your advanced stats, Scott, if you had them in front of you would, would tell you like he, his, he's getting chances. Like he's had a couple great eight chances. He had a, a breakaway tonight or something, but so I, don't, I think it's being snake bitten. I think it's a lack of confidence a little bit too. And sometimes those go hand in hand, right? So, Yeah, I have, I have no stats in front of me because my computer is doing a thing where uh, if I open any more tabs, it's going to like crash mid-recording here. So let's not uh, do that. Yeah. But, um, I, I wanted to just say this pros and cons to three. So you mentioned three different options. Pro two, moving Hall up to 
the first line would be to just try it and see, like maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. Just kind of an interesting experiment. Maybe he gets going, maybe he doesn't. No harm, no foul, move him back. Um, con is that he's not comfortable playing that side. Pro to moving Pasternak or Zaka up and, and letting Hall slide into the second line. He's been good there. But I also am uh, hesitant to do that because as a line, the check line has been doing so well recently. And Cra- there's no, like, it's not a coincidence that Krejci and Zaka are both putting up more points at the same time and playing better at the same time. So I think it's been, I almost am just afraid to change that line at all. So that kind of takes away that option in my mind as the best option to move Hall there to the second line. Yeah, I agree. It'd, it'd definitely be tough to split that lineup right now. Um, you know, one thing we know about Jim Montgomery, though, is like any line that goes quiet, he is probably going to try to change it up at some point. Um, one thing I like I do know as far as that third line, Brian, you're right. Like in terms of goal differential, they've been really good no matter who, who's been with Coyle and Frederick. Um, I do know like from looking this up last week that their possession numbers, like the underlying numbers are, you know, whether it's course or expected goals are a lot better with Hall there than, than anyone else. So he is that de- he does definitely make a difference. Like he, he is, he has driven play for that line, even though um, to what we've been talking about, the offense itself has, has dried up a bit recently. And he's a good possession guy, right? Like he controls the puck. Well, he knows how to shield well. So does coil. So that whole line has that skill set where they can, um, you know, maintain possession pretty well. So, I mean, maybe the best option is actually to, to let it just let it work itself out. Maybe just, uh, keep it together because they, they do not play bad together. It's just, um, we're just trying to find a solution to the whole, um, hall lack of production situation. And, and that's a good point too, Bridget. Maybe you do just write it out. Maybe he is just snake bitten because, you know, you can look at it a couple different ways. You can sit there and say he has three points in his last 14 games. Or you could sit there and say, well, yeah, but he also had 27 points in his first 30 games, right? Because that's what that's what you're looking at. He has he has 30 points in the year, 44 games. And obviously we've mentioned his struggles lately. So I perhaps that is the best way to go about it. It is a long year. Slumps happen. Um, if it's not, if if it's more just him being snake bit and then his quality of play, then yeah, let him work his way out of it. Um, I did think with with DeBrusco, like Scott, you 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 said that too. It's a good chance to kind of move things around. But you know, another thing too, and this is such a crazy idea that it would literally never happen. And I'm not suggesting it would, but you do forget that Taylor Hall was was drafted as a as a center center wing. But he was drafted as as a as a center option, and and they did give him center opportunities in Edmonton, not a lot, but um, because you, you you think about maybe moving him around a lineup to get him going, but I mean center's not an option in Boston. It's just it's you forget that Taylor Hall has that hat or had that skill set. Um, so guys, I there's some other things we want to get to as well. But were there any other story storylines from the Islanders and Rangers game you guys wanted to go over? Uh, I mean, just a quick note, no six back in instead of Kapanen. Uh, that was really just the only lineup difference besides, uh, like we mentioned, Allmark going against the Islanders and Swayman going against the Rangers. Those were the only two changes. Yeah, Swayman was great too. That I don't want to gloss over that. I mean, 
Uh, real quick, uh, Yoni is it Kapanen? Is that what you is that what you said, Bridget? Cap mm-hmm. Cap Kapanen. Yeah, he doesn't have NHL speed. Uh, God bless him, but he, he I don't think he has the speed to keep up with the, with the big boys. Unfortunately, I don't know well, if you thought on him, Scott. Yeah, and I, I think it also that sort of highlights maybe another area. Like if we're just talking about potentially areas to add depth of the deadline, another left shot center who can play in the NHL because you're right. Like, I don't know, maybe Kapanen can still get to a better place in the next couple months, but it's, you know, I won't say like he hasn't looked bad by any means, but to your point, like he doesn't really look like he, he kind of looks like, you know, he can maybe just get by in an, in a, in an NHL game, but like you wouldn't want him playing in, in a playoff series. I don't think, um, you know, the reason he gets called up is because obviously no isn't taking face offs right now, by the way, still didn't take any Thursday night. So he's still not doing that. And they do like having at least one good left shot face off guy in the lineup, you know, yeah, Zach and Frederick are guys who've played center in the past, but neither one's been good on faceoffs this year. So, uh, and you don't want to move either of those guys. Yeah. So that's, you know, one area, like another, you mentioned defense, but another one would be, you know, is there a left shot center who can play, you know, a fourth line role and handle himself in a, in a playoff series? Like, if you can find someone like that, um, you know, and if they have versatility to play some wing too, even better. Yeah. So, we almost forgot about this name, but like Curtis Lazar was good in that, that he can move like a fourth line guy that can move wingers. Yeah. But even he, like he was a right shot. They, they've been yeah. so heavy on right shot centers. Like it's again, we mentioned it like before the season. It's one of the main reasons no second made the team as crazy as it sounds, but like they're, they're going to be key faceoff situations in a game where, you want that left that left shot guy out there and no psych before this injury had been awesome in face. I was at yeah. least like 58% on the year. So yeah, no, no sick and no sick and Frederick were two guys who had a terrible training camp uh, that in my opinion at the time kind of deserved to potentially lose jobs for one for contract status. And and they both just the, the second the puck dropped uh, for the regular season have just been completely different players, but Guys, now Mark McLaughlin is a right-handed shot, uh, twofold here. Are you guys surprised we haven't seen him once this year? And and look, they've been healthy, so that's great. But and he's not a left shot uh, centerman. I'm surprised we haven't seen him at least once this year. And you do talk about left shot centerman, Johnny left shot. Um, to call him up in a fourth line opportunity, I, I don't think is too crazy. So. What are you guys' thoughts on McLaughlin and Beecher not not getting a, a call-up at one point this year? Yeah, I think there's just been guys ahead of them in, in Providence that they feel have been having better seasons and were more ready for opportunities. Obviously, we know Lauka was one of them to start the year. Um, you know, we saw Chris Wagner called up, now Kapanen, who, by the way, like, offense is not Kapanen's game. He's outscored McLaughlin and Beecher in the AHL this year. Now he should, he's been around longer. He's, you know, he's played a few seasons in in that league. Um, But, you know, I think, I think they want, they want to see more offense from both those guys in the the AHL. And 
you know, they both got to very slow starts. They've picked it up a little, but still probably want to see a little more. I, I do wonder like if, and when we, we will, because to your point, like those are guys that you would think you'd want to get a look at. I mean, McLaughlin was, you know, around the team kind of in the playoff picture last year. Not that he was a regular in the lineup for the playoffs, but like he had been playing games leading up to the playoffs. Um, and, you know, at least holding his own. So like you would hope he'd at least be in position to be somewhere around there by the end of the season. But obviously you would want to get him in, in NHL games to see that. And Beecher, you're right. Like that's one guy who's down the AHL who could be that left shot center. He, he has always been good in faceoffs. Um, so you wonder like, you know, could that be that guy? Could he be that guy? Um you know, I, I just think they probably feel like he's not quite NHL ready yet. But um, to your point, like if you can't find someone like that, that I mentioned on the trade market, you know, I think you would have to take a look at that at some point because you, you, you want to, you just want to know what your options are behind Nosek. You don't want to get into a playoff series where Nosek goes down and that, or, you know, is banged up or whatever. And now, uh, oh, crap, we don't really have a fourth-line center. Yeah, and I think to answer your original question, Brian, I'm not surprised that we haven't seen McLaughlin or Beecher just because of the circumstances with health and nobody's been slumping where you're like, okay, well, let's give this other guy a chance, this young guy a chance. So, no, I'm not surprised we haven't seen them. What I have thought, you know, in the preseason or before the season that we would have seen them by now, yeah, I, w- I would have like, that would have been my guess, but just the way things have actually played out, it, it hasn't been necessary and it ha- there hasn't been a natural time to really do it. Yeah. That last thing you said is kind of bang on. There hasn't been a natural time to do it. Cause, uh, and it's a great problem to have it. The Bruins, uh, they've been healthy right up front. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's good that we haven't seen these guys in a way because we definitely thought we were at some point, like you said, so um, any other key points, guys? Obviously, there's a new there's a new Boston All Star in the mix. Um, who, you know, uh, it was never a doubt. But was there anything before before we talked about that you guys wanted to cover, or was that kind of the last thing to go over here? 